Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. All right, Beast Slayers, it is time for another Ask Dr. T segment where we pull out one of the questions from either a recent or an archived clinic chat to share with you. And the clinic chat, just as a reminder, is our weekly Q&A session that we hold inside of Migrant Everland. So, Jenny, what is our question for this week? Okay, our question this week is from a recent chat, and it was, what are your thoughts on the rebound potential or the future migraine risk score of the new oral CGRP abortives? Okay, so let me give you a little bit of context for those who may not be familiar with the terminology here. So the CGRP medications are the new class of medicines that have come out in the past couple of years for migraine. The first wave was several uh, preventative medications that affected CGRP, which stands for calcitonin gene-related peptide. And um, uh, maybe last year or so, a year and a half ago maybe, I did an episode about the first one that came out, which was um, Amavig. So if you want to learn more about kind of the background of these medications in general and my thoughts on the, on the preventative uh, CGRP medications, you can check out that episode, and I'll link it in the show notes. More recently, um, there have been there has been the release of a couple of abortive CGRP medications, meaning all of these medications are affecting this particular peptide or its receptors in some way. And this has been something that's been researched for quite some time uh, for migraine. All the way back to around the year 2000 or a couple of decades ago, uh, we were preparing for the first wave of release of these medications, and it was actually the abortive uh, medications that people were waiting for. Um, they were, at that point, at that time, delivered intravenously, and they were unfortunately associated with a high risk of liver problems. And so they were pulled uh, and not released, and you know, uh, people went kind of back to the drawing board. Now we have these new molecules, which are similar but smaller and uh, don't appear to have the same liver toxicity risk. So back to how these things work, these abortive medications, which means they're intended to be taken um, when you get a migraine, to relieve a migraine, versus ones that you'd take to, in hopes of preventing one that you take essentially on a regular schedule. Um, the abortive ones uh, work by binding to the receptors for CGRP and these uh, this peptide, CGRP, is released as part of migraine uh, and is one of kind of the pain signaling molecules. So it's it kind of start, it's one, one arm of starting the, the pain cascade that, that uh, occurs during a migraine and kind of uh, reinforces itself. So it's associated with um, the release of inflammatory substances that actually leads to the release of more CGRP and so forth. So it's long been uh, uh, considered a potential target for drugs to uh, relieve migraines. So the question, of course, anytime we have a new abortive that comes out is what is its potential risk for rebound? By that, we mean that we know, as I've talked about many times, um, taking a medication for uh, migraine relief, while it 
helps in the short term leaves us vulnerable to a future migraine uh, over the long term. And in a prior podcast, I introduced the idea of different medications having a different future migraine risk score, meaning kind of how much it raises our vulnerability to a future migraine. And I'll link that episode in the show notes as well. Um, The general uh, gist there is that the more specific a medication is for migraine, for the particulars of migraine physiology, generally the more likely it is to trigger rebound or leave us more vulnerable for a longer period of time. So like I said, there are a couple of drugs now in this category of CGRP abortives. One is ubrogapant, and the other is rimegapant. Uh, who knows if I'm pronouncing those right? I don't know if there's any established pronunciation yet. Uh, these names are kind of invented. But if you see the, uh, if you see it end in G-E-P-A-N-T, gepant, then you know it's in this category. And the uh, other CGRP medications that are preventatives end in the letters A-B. That's how you can tell the difference. Um, the brand names for the new ones, the new abortives, are Ubrelvi and Nurtec. Again, uh, just made-up names. Um, all right, so back to these uh, medications. The biggest drawback for any new medication, which I talked about in the episode about Imavig, is when it hits the market, we have no clinical experience with it yet. Um, The clinical trials that are done are short-lived, usually a few months, and so that means that any problems that would arise with more extended use, um, including rebound, are really not going to develop until after a drug has been approved for use and we have a clinical experience with it. Also, In these trials, there are often limitations imposed on how frequently a drug can be given, Um, and oftentimes those limitations aren't followed in the real world. So that will further lessen the ability of a trial to detect rebound potential. Um, I should also add that that's not really something that's looked at either uh, in a clinical trial. So in order to detect a particular effect or side effect, you actually need to look for it. If you're not looking for it, you're not really going to find it. So... All this means that really the rebound potential of any new abortive drug that comes on the market is unknown and really won't be understood until we have several years of clinical experience using that particular drug. And the same is true about any potential long-term side effects. We're not, those aren't going to emerge until we have several years of clinical experience. So we're left with making an educated guess in this situation. And... What I would say from that perspective is that I would suspect that the rebound potential of these new CGRP abortives is going to be um, most similar to the triptans. So the triptans are things like subatriptan, rhizotriptan, and all the other cousins. And that's because they are also migraine-specific. So triptans interact with uh, different receptors, the serotonin receptors, um, that are also specific to migraine physiology. And we know that the rebound potential of triptans is about as high as any uh, of the abortive medications. Now, that also does mean that, generally speaking, uh, migraine-specific medications work a little bit better uh, for relieving an existing migraine than a non-specific medication. So that's the trade-off. The trade-off is a little bit better effectiveness, but a higher potential for rebound or a higher future migraine risk score. So in the trials for Ubrelvi, 
uh, about 20 to 21% of people were pain-free at two hours after they took it versus about 12 to 13% who were pain-free at two hours after taking a placebo pill. So you have about 8% improvement over a placebo drug. So not great, but still in line with what you see with more migraine-specific medications. Now, as I've said before, um, given all of the unknowns about new medications that hit the market, and given our prior, past experiences with uh, drugs that hit the market were approved only for us to find out uh, later on that they were associated with significant side effects and they had to be pulled, I'm not a big advocate for using a drug until it's been out on the market and tested for several years, um, barring you know extraordinary circumstances where perhaps it's a you know, like a cancer drug that shows incredible benefit for what would otherwise be a lethal form of cancer or something. But in most cases, I think it's uh, better to proceed with caution, especially when you have uh, established alternatives and what is coming to the market isn't clearly superior to any of those um, alternatives. And when it comes to migraine, um, we haven't had any drug that's superior to uh, prior drugs for several decades now. So there are always older and more vetted or established options to choose from if you are trying to find uh, medications for uh, migraine treatment. Now, as you know, the mission of the Migraine Miracle is to help you find your path to Migraine Everland uh, without pills, and, and that's because it is really hard to do so when they are in the picture precisely for these reasons, precisely because we off, we're trading a short-term benefit um, for a long-term increase in our vulnerability to migraines, and so it's virtually impossible to get to Migraine Everland as long as they're still in the picture. And that's something we've seen over and over and over again, and that's something you've heard now over and over and over again uh, with the success stories that we've uh, shared with you. Okay, so that is it for that particular question. Jenny, do you want to share with us what the rest of the uh, questions from that particular session were? That's right. Uh, so this came from the chatter issue number 134, and that is in the archives for our Migrant Everland members. Uh, and the other questions in that chat included, how can we address seasonal allergies without risking rebound? How can we treat anxiety disorders using an ancestral approach? Should I avoid foods that are not listed on the migraine superfoods list? What should be eaten to promote muscle recovery after exercise? Are peanut butter or almond butter okay to consume? So those are the other questions in the chatter number 134. Great. And once again, all of the prior issues of the chatter are available in the archive inside of Microneverland. And we'll also place a link uh, in the notes to this episode to where you can see all of the prior questions that have been covered in, in uh, previous issues. All right, lastly, we'll conclude with a weekly win from Migrant Everland member Ska, who uh, shared recently my win of the week or of my life. I got married. It was wonderful. Everything was awesome. We are perfectly happy. I am only one month into the Migraine Miracle Plan and had no migraine the whole day. I did not even think about taking a pill. It is such a miracle. Only a couple of weeks ago, I had daily migraines and did for the last years. I was so scared to be forced to cancel my own wedding and slept so bad the week before, but I felt as good as I felt in 15 years. This is the best start to our migraine-free future. Our life is going to be so great. Thank you so much. It only worked out so well because of you. We will be forever grateful. 
I love that story. And when she joined Migrant Neverland and she mentioned that, you know, she had her wedding coming up. Right. I just assumed, you know, it was six, eight months out. I had no idea. <laughs> it, was it was just a really few weeks away. Up. And then and then she posted a picture inside of Migrant Neverland of her wedding and, and with this note, which was so wonderful to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just going from daily migraines to, you know, having days free of migraines alone is life changing. But, you know. It doesn't get much more uh, transformative than being able to enjoy your own wedding day. Exactly. Right? With the lack of sleep and I'm sure all the stress that came along with that event. Right. And you can just hear in her words how hopeful she now is for her future. That's right. Um, that she did not have before, you know, j- hoping just to make it through one day before. Whether Whereas now she believes that, you know, her entire future That's migraine-free right. can happen. So really awesome story to share. We were very excited to see that one. And some of our other Migrant Neverland members commented on her post saying that this is their favorite success yeah. story yet. And I said, you know, definitely agree with that as long as well as um, Lisa's story, one of our original Migrant mm-hmm. Neverland members who was one of our, and is still a member today. And then she joined us for one of our first keto blasts and ended up having our first keto baby in the right. group. So um, that was another great story. And she posted a picture of... Her, her baby, and, no longer a baby her, anymore. Right, no, he's growing up, and she <laughs> yeah. still refers to him as keto baby. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so big congrats for Scott for tying the knot uh, and for having the courage to abandon the conventional That's way right. of doing things, which includes uh, living on pills in order to get her life back from the beast. And if you want to follow in her footsteps, we'd love to have you inside of My Green Neverland. Remember, you can now join for free for 30 days. Uh, we have a jump start coming up soon. And uh, if you want to learn more, just go to mymigraineemiracle.com forward slash join. All right, that's it for this episode. Now it's time to go out and slay the beast. Mm-hmm.